And welcome to another episode of the Copcast podcast. I've been away for a while because we've been watching the World Cup and also depressed. So what we're going to do tonight is we are going to look at Liverpool back to front. We're going to talk about where we think we are. We're going to talk about where we are from um, a tactical perspective, a personnel perspective and a psychological perspective. And hopefully, at some point or another, anything that we say makes any sort of sense at all. So I've got uh, Neil Patterson in in uh, Donegal, yeah, Chief. Absolutely. Yeah, Donegal, Donegal, and we've also got the Beryl Akis in the Netherlands. Beryl, I can't remember Where, what's the name of your town again. It's called Hangalo. Hangalo. Um, okay, that's where the where the Reds are now. We're hanging low. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> really bad. All right, let's get kicked off then. Um, assessment, lads, I don't think we're in great shape. Results, honestly, I think kind of results are masking performance, um, certainly up until Brentford. Um, but they're all the one, and this is as much a concern for me as anything else. I looked at Allison's. Um, goalkeeping statistics like saves made, XG against, like prevented, etc. He's literally Haaland, but a goalkeeper. He has the same effect on, on the game for us. Now, if you were to take, <laughs> take challenge goals out of City, um, where would they be? If you were to take Allison's saves or prevented goals, out of, out of Liverpool, where are we now? That, for me, is probably the most damning indictment of, of where we are at the minute. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a good thing we have him. And, but uh, if, if we wouldn't, and, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past Kelleher to, to pull off a, a couple of saves, but, you know, the, the, the level of... Uh, the level that that Alisson uh, has has maintained uh, through this uh, to this season uh, is is uh, is incredible and 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 unsustainable. I would I would uh, I would fear. So, yeah, we are giving up a, a lot of big chances. I've, I've seen I've seen these these statistics float around, which uh, shows that we are the third worst team in in the league. And you know. The, that's not a good position to be in. Uh, yeah, it's and, twice and, as many as this time last. It's twice as many as this time last season. Yeah, and and that's you know there there have to be there there has to be multiple reasons uh, to 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 explain that because you know it, it couldn't be only down to um, fatigue or getting older. You know, we didn't get uh, ten, 10 years older in in, in that in, in that one season passing. So um, you know there there are lots of reasons why this is happening, and and I, I would think um, and again there are there are a couple of reasons, but I I would I would also think that the the, the main reason is is that we are doing something tactically different, and it's not working. Yeah, it, it, that that may or may not be the case, and we'll, we'll probably try and explore that. A little bit further, Chief. The, the sort of chances that we've been given up, um, obviously set pieces against 
you know, specifically uh, Brentford uh, the other night. But the other goals, they, they are things literally just running through the middle of the pitch unopposed. And we can talk about the back four. And, and this is something that's crossed my mind this, this last this last few days, really. And I have no idea on the statistics, but I would be interested to know like where our average average line is compared to where it was last season, season before, season before. And I don't know, are we sitting a little bit deeper? Are we are we not sitting a little bit deeper? Um or is it is it a personnel thing? I've, I don't even know what I've asked you, but have a go at it anyway. I mean, it's difficult. It's difficult to know. We were talking pre-pod and it just sort of seems like everything is slightly off, you know, in terms of, you're talking about, we'll, we'll go front to back, but in terms of, of the, the, apart from the goalkeeper, in terms of the three lines, um, none of them are functioning as you would particularly want them to. Certainly not at their peak. Um, you know, we haven't had a settled back four for most of the season. There's been an injury here, an injury there. Matip's been in and out. Kanate's been in and out. Um, Van Dijk's now out, it seems. And uh, even the fullbacks haven't had a had a, an unblemished appearance record this season. Far from it. Both Trent and Robbo have been being out at times, um, so it's quite difficult. We start with Simakas against Brentford, and while he's he's solid enough and has a decent left foot, he doesn't attack in anything like the same way Robbo does. And when Robertson comes on, the start of the second half, you know, there's there's an immediate upturn in, in impetus and in momentum, and you know, ultimately we 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 score our goal in that period. Um. But, you know, our, our defence has been left exposed throughout the last, throughout the club era. And generally, since getting Verge and, and Allison in, we've, we've had the wherewithal to, to deal with those two-on-two two and, and um, even one-on-one -on -one situations in, in terms of the goalkeeper. Um, but... And essentially, Chief, just, just on that, right? Mm -hmm. what, that, what that really did... In my eyes, it significantly reduced the number of individual errors that led to goals through the goalkeeper, i.e. Mignolet, Tarius, through the centre half, Dejan Lovren. Lovren. And, you know, and that was a key area that you could see. And I remember the stats ran around at the time. It was literally, we were top of the league for goals conceded due to individual errors. And we, totally. snuffed those, and we snuffed those out by bringing in two high-quality individuals. This, to me, seems a little bit more systemic than just going and replacing a couple of boys somewhere. I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced that it is, you know. Okay. I'm not I'm not convinced that if... Because I, I, I don't particularly think that the, the problem is in defence. Um, I think, as we've sort of all, all known for a while, the, the the big issues are are in midfield, and I think if you if you could go out tomorrow and sign Enzo Fernandez and and Jude Bellingham, for example, put them both in there. Um, I think within within a month, within six weeks, you know, you'd be you'd be looking at an, at an entirely different situation. Um, you know, provided they they settle. 
like, like Van Dyke and, and Allison did. So, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, in defence, it, it can be, it can, it can seem a little easier, you know, just to plug a gap to solve a problem to go out there and you get, you get the best goalkeeper in the world, you get the best centre back in the world, certainly at the time, and bang, problem solved. But there's no guarantee they would settle the way they did. They did, and and the rest is history. And I think you know, provided if if you went out and bought two of the best central midfielders in the world, um, with with the engines that they possess and, and the skills and the attributes, and you put them in to what is our um, midfield that has had great success, but is but is perhaps on its way out at the moment, and you augment it with with a couple of them, then I think you're you're looking at a at a different team. But it doesn't seem like we're we're going to be able to do that. Certainly in January, um, so I think that would that would mask a lot of problems. That, that I'm not necessarily convinced it's systemic. I, I, I think it's more a, more a case of the, the sort of legs have run out for for trying to play that that sort of system, as we touched on in a, a few pods ago uh, when we when we had the change of system, the four two three one for a while, um, and. It, we've sort of tried to revert to type a little bit, but we're seeing those those issues again here and there. Having said that, we were on a good run, and Brentford just did us on on corners, on set pieces, and there I think the first two goals, first goals we've conceded from from corners this season. So it, it's not like us, but they they just did us, and it leaves a bad taste in the mouth ultimately. But um, I'm not convinced you couldn't sort it out by by buying two two top quality midfielders. Okay, um, Beryl, I'm interested on Van Dijk. Um, yes, we know how good he is. There are arguments to say he's not the same after the injury and the recovery. Um, but at the same time, I just wonder, is he being more exposed than he was before? Is, is that the problem? Or have we seen a drop off in performance levels, or and are we starting to see, you know, a decline in in what Van Dyke is physically capable of doing? It's 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 you know it, it is fair to say that that he hasn't been the 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 the, the player that we, um, you know, the the player that we got, and after, you know, he he settled in 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 virtually no time, and and then. He was this imperious guy who, who was never injured, and uh, and 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 I remember at some time there, there, there was this um, statistic. Um, they were very happy that that uh, Nicolas Pepe, uh, you know, this incredible transfer fr- from from Arsenal, uh, uh, managed to get past him in a, with a dribble, and you know, and it it led to nothing. But that this was something that they they were cheering because. Um, someone was able to 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 dribble past uh, Virgil van Dijk, and and he uh, and you know then then um, the the injury happened. We all know how it happened and 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 how long it took him to to recover from it. And and I, I think uh, last season we were all saying that um, you know he, uh, although he was very good, he he wasn't the player he was before. And and this season. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm again. It's 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 hard to um, disentangle 
um, the, the 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 various uh, factors in play here, but um, it's it's it is again fair to 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 say that he he hasn't been the player that he was. Uh, it, it wouldn't be strange if he he was you know um, uh, physically getting uh, uh, you know a, a, a little less athletic, a little less um, um, agile, a little less uh, quick. Uh, you know, and and uh, seeing that that he had this enor- enormously high levels, it, it you know it, it wouldn't be a disaster if you j- just became a little less uh, of all those things. But um, yeah, we haven't been we haven't been defensively solid all season. Again, you know the, the stats show that we give up lots of chances, but it it, it can't be all down to him regressing slightly. Um, and and you know he has made mistakes, um, uh, you know against Manchester United. Uh, I, I remember Milner screaming at him because he he, he chose to to passively trying to block, uh, you know where he should have started uh, tried to charge it down and and stuff like that. But you know normally he doesn't make mistakes that directly lead to to goals. But uh, you know, looking back at the, the two goals that that Brentford scored, and maybe he was already injured at this point, and, and that, that would uh, explain maybe something. But it, it was we, we were like headless chickens in defence. Um, uh, every corner they took, um, they 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 did the same thing. Um, I think they scored from the first corner, uh, and and the, and this first corner. They, you know, they 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 firstly lined up. Uh, up really all, they close scored to the goal. from all the corners. They scored from all <laughs> of the corners. Yeah. yeah, that didn't all count, but yeah, they they did score from all their corners. It's incredible. But what they did was they 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 uh, they stood very close to uh, to to the goalkeeper to the goal, and and then um, they uh, ran away, and you know, uh, and because we didn't uh, go out with them. Uh, they were free to to do whatever they 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 liked, and you know the first goal was was fluky and was we should have dealt with it before it hit uh, Konate. But yeah, okay, that that kind of thing can happen. But you know, in, in in the corners that followed, we didn't seem to learn from the fact that they you know that that they uh, tried something different to 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 um, get some freedom in the box, uh, and and this. Uh, would would suggest that there is a lack of leadership, um, that that there isn't someone who tells people what to do if we need to adapt within a game. And I would think that you know, and and he he was our captain uh, on the night. Uh, that Virgil sh- should have said something about this. You know, just step out if if they go follow them or something like that, because it was clear that uh, the way we had. Um, that we were set up to defend these corners didn't work, uh, and we and and still we didn't do anything to 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 adapt to it. So yeah, um, maybe um, we will see how we will fare without Virgil van Dijk. And uh, you know, I I would always rather have him than not have him. But we will see how how much the in, the impact of that is. Yeah. Um... <sighs> Right, Chief. Let's go on to the let's go on to the elephant in the room here. Um, and it's only, it's only been fifteen minutes, but let's be honest, it's it's all everybody's talking about, and for good reason. The midfield, um, 
we have probably Klopp's preferred midfield at the moment is something like I want to say something like Thiago, Fabinho, Elliot, when everybody's fit and everybody's firing. Um, and if not, Henderson can do either or of those roles. Thiago can do either or of those roles. Um, but A, I'm not sure that's enough given their form. B, um, I'm still not sold on on what Harvey Elliott gives us, either in an attacking sense or a defensive sense. And I just wonder, you know, where you feel the weaknesses are in that area of the pitch and what you feel we can what you feel we need to do to resolve the problem. Well, Jordan Henderson's not having a great a great season. That's um that's pretty fair to say, and certainly in the last few. Well, years, we can say that about we can say that about all of them, can't we? Yeah, but I mean, if 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 you you want me to sort of pinpoint the issues, that that doesn't help. Um, Tiago has been been fine. Um, Fabinho, yeah, but see, we didn't buy him. Did, we didn't buy him to be fine, did we? we yeah, him, within we the context, be, within the context, yeah, yeah that's okay. Not, fair enough. Not fair not enough. an issue. Henderson Henderson's form is an issue because he's a senior pro, and you're sort of still kind of relying on him really in there. Um, so his is is and his form has been way off. Normally, I wouldn't really weigh in on on Henderson that much. Um, I don't mind him. I don't think he's amazing. I don't think he's terrible. But his form has kind of been stinking the gaff out a, a little bit in the last, certainly since we came back from the World Cup. Um, but ultimately, the issue in there is that we we lose a lot in our in our robustness, in our in our energy, in our ability to get about the pitch and press. When we when we start Harvey Elliott in there, and it, it again he shouldn't be being relied upon at his age to to be a per a, to be a, a first team regular. He's, he's played in every game. Um, I think he potentially started every game, but he, he certainly played in 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 every game. Um, and the level of responsibility is is in my opinion too high for him at this stage because he's going to go through peaks and troughs but at the same 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 time he's not he's not a robust central midfielder he isn't a pressing monster he he, he doesn't um at, at the moment he's he's not really able to to sort of link the attack particularly well um so it's a bit much sort of demanding that of him um Coming through, he always played further forward in his loan spell at Blackburn. He played much further forward. Um, it's a it's a big ask, and it's starting to tell because he he had a stinker the other night, and you know there've been a few games this season where he's he's sort of as you said. I don't even think I don't even think it's like he's a stinker. Chief. He's just he's just not really involved, well, is he? Well, he do, he does that dummy, doesn't he, for their for their second goal. Yeah, and like it's 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 that's one that's one incident, and he and he you know he plays, he's got that lovely 
floated ball to the back post with the left foot. And that's grand. But I think the thing for me is, I don't think he... If he is supposed to be the creative spark in that midfield three, I'm not seeing it from him. Because well, the game seems to pass not, him by. It's not balanced. It's not balanced enough. I mean, you've got... Maybe on paper it should be. But when it comes to, to the to the pract- practice of it, it's... It's too easy to, to cut through. There are too many spaces. Um, we're giving the ball away too cheaply. We're not pressing in the same way. And ultimately, it boils down to personnel, to, to a lack of personnel, because the, the midfielders we've got, we've, we, we all know, some of them are prone to injury. Some of them, it was madness to count on, on their fitness before the season started. Others have been sort of run into the ground off, on, off the back of that. And the lack of options leads to injuries in other areas. And it's it's all a big knock-on effect. We've needed midfielders. We were crying out for them in the summer, which means we actually needed them six months before that. You know what I mean? You don't want to be in the position where you where you really need something. And that's where we are now yet again. Like we were, uh, it's perhaps not quite so pointed, but basically where we were with the centre halves uh, a few years ago. Whenever somebody comes back to 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 fitness, somebody else drops out. I mean, Navi Kaida, we mentioned earlier, he's he's out again. Now, after just sort of coming back into the reckoning, he's he's gone again. Um, so we we need signings in there, ultimately. So. As I said in my first answer, if you can go out and, and make a couple of good signings there, or at least one for now, then you can compete. But I asked you the question before we started, can can we get in the top four without signing a midfielder in January? And you were pretty adamant that we couldn't. So let's see. But that's really where the issue is. You, you, can, you can look around, you can say this player's off form, that player's off form, but ultimately... Most of the ones that are a little bit off form, well, they gave absolutely everything last season, and they're spent, you know. And ultimately, I think there's there there is just a knock-on effect from what we've given last season to to this season, and perhaps we we had a taste of it during the COVID season, and now we're sort of seeing it again. It's it's very very difficult to to sustain that level season upon season upon season. Certainly, with certainly without refreshing. Yeah, Beryl, it's a, I feel like it's a very apt time for uh, all those people who were like really annoyed at Dini Wijnaldum as a footballer need to like go and crawl back into their caves type of a moment right now. Um, but that's not just the only problem. Um, Linders re- releases his book, the title, we've heard the, the phrase before, intensity, intensity is our identity, blah, blah, blah. That is glaringly absent from our game at the moment. Um, both, both, you know, um, visibly and statistically. And I don't know what it is. Is it that we just don't have the legs anymore? Because to me, I, I understand that argument, but it's a huge drop off. Um, and I kind of have a, an idea in my head and I talked, you guys about this before we before we started when we were at our best we were 
15 players probably. We were the, the front three. We were a, a midfield three of, you know, Fabinho, Henderson, Ronaldo, Milner. That was pretty much it. And then you had your back four. And you might have had Malibu Gomez. And then Origi would have popped up. Security would have popped up. And everybody knew exactly what they were doing. When you don't know exactly what you're doing, in anything at all, you're a little bit tentative. You're a little bit hesitant. You're a little bit, you know, insecure and withdrawn in what you're doing. And I haven't seen any sort of consistency in what we do this season. And I wonder if that transfers to the players' kind of mindset on the pitch to be able to, you know, make those decisions as to when to go, how quick to go, who to go to, etc. Which ultimately just results in them standing, kind of doing nothing and letting players run past them. Yeah, I, I, I think we agree. Um, you know, we have evolved as a team and we, we, we were this swashbuckling team. Everybody remembers this and which, which was probably the most fun era. But, uh, but uh, um, it, it wasn't an era in which you could count on us to, to, uh, to, to, to win one nil. You know, anything could happen. We could um, concede. We could score. Um, so um, then we had an era in which we had, you know, almost ultimate control. Uh, we we were, uh, you know, machine-like. Um, we all remember this as well, which was probably the uh, the 1819 season. No, the 1920 season, I think. Well, that's what brings us all our success, ultimately, Beryl. Yeah, but um, but what we encountered. Uh, then was that we had ultimate control, but we we had uh, difficulties breaking teams down, uh, and um, and you know we we had a couple of and, uh, we 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 lost one season with with one point, and you know last year we won uh, again. Uh, it was one point or two points. I don't know. I, I forgot. I blocked maybe. But um, and and then we would say you know it it, it was the. Um, the, the goalless draws against uh, Everton and, and and Man United that that uh, that killed us. Um, and, but ultimately, we tried to find a way to to better deal with uh, with uh, you know the, the so-called low block uh, teams parking the bus uh, and you know all of the jargon you you know it. But you know teams uh, defending deeply and. Um, uh, and we, we we would sometimes struggle to to find ways to to get past them if they didn't give the give Salah and Mane the, the space to run into. So uh, I, I think the the next uh, uh, iteration then involved getting Thiago in, uh, a player you know renowned for his playmaking uh, uh, capabilities, but. Um, uh, you know the the much maligned, but also uh, you know much lauded uh, uh, you know, by us at least. At least, Georginio uh, Wijnaldum was. Uh, well, he was he was meant to be like Wijnaldum Wijnaldum plus, wasn't he? Yeah, but you know he he has very different diff, diff, uh, different uh, capabilities because you know his his passing and his 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 um, dribbling skills, his uh, his his creativity uh, is. You know, and is tenfold of what Van Alden can can give you. But but you know, the the, the engine on Van Alden, you know, keep keeping running, being physically unbreakable is is ten times 
what Thiago is. So they are, the, the two midfielders couldn't be any more different, I would say. So he, I, I, I would love to see them both in, in the same team. But uh, if you look at where um, where Thiago has played in his in his career, he, he started out as a, a number ten, and then he dropped deeper and deeper. But you know, still in the axis, you know, in the middle of the park. And now he, he with us, he plays at, at this, um, you know, laterally, uh, uh, like a like a eight um, type of midfielder. But you know, you, you have different types of eight midfielders. But generally, they have to run a lot. And and this is, you know, he, he does run a lot, but he isn't very quick. So I I don't think we use him. Um, and, you know, we we don't uh, maximize uh, his capabilities, I would say. Uh, and this is probably has something to do with with how we set up, um, um, uh, you know, our our defense because of the high line, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it does mean we have to compromise on that. Uh, you know, Van Alden was better fitted for that eight role, I would say. Uh, although I think Thiago is a much better football player. And now we have uh, uh, another one on the other side in, in Harvey Elliott, who is also, um, I, I would think he is in, in uh, you know, a p- potentially a, a much better football player than, than, than Jordan Henderson. But, you know, Jordan Henderson is a much better football player because he has, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he had at least... Well, he's, a much to, better, uh, he's a much better athlete, Beryl, which counts yeah. for a lot in, in the modern game. And in that position, especially, I would say, yeah. because, you know, you have to connect uh, um, defence with, with, uh, with the attack and you have to, to, to cover uh, on both fronts. So, uh, and, and, you know, Harvey Elliott is probably not best suited for that role, I would say. I, I, I have lots of hopes uh, for him. I've, I see a lot of potential in him, maybe more so than, than you know, others. But not in that role, I would say. Um, so if if we want to play this possession style game, like you know the the Man Cities um, of this world or the, the the Bayern Münchens of this world, then then yeah, he would be very well suited, as would Thiago. But we're not doing that. So we we, we seem to be stuck between uh, you know the old world uh, uh, dying and 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 the new world uh, you know uh, struggling to to get born, something like that, uh, and. We are stuck in between those two phases, and uh, it, it's neither here nor there. So we're not very good at being intense, and we're not very good at, at keeping the ball and being, uh, you know, controlling the ball, uh, which leaves us where we are at this moment. You know, a, a not very good team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're 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 betwixt and between. For me, I mean, if if you think about it. I'll ask you the question. Do you, I mean, if, if you if you didn't know any of the background, would you? And you've just seen your, uh, Harvey Elliott playing for for Liverpool this season. Would you say that he's a, a Jurgen Klopp style of player? Uh, well, I would say I would say no. In the same way, I would say Mario Gota isn't a Jurgen Klopp style of player. I guess. Well, I suppose, but for me, he's he's not really. He, 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 He's a he's a number ten. In the really. same way, in the same way, we maybe argued that Coutinho wasn't a Jurgen Klopp style of player, but even though we did everything he could to try and find a way to get should, him into the team. We shoehorned him in, and yeah. we were good at that time because that was Coutinho's the purple patch of his career. Essentially, that was when he was at, at his absolute peak, and obviously Elliot won't be reaching that 
you hope for for another three or four seasons at well, least. I hope it's tomorrow, but that's another story. Yeah, but then you want him to peak for five years or something like you know what I mean. So it's 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 difficult, um, but ultimately. The question I have for ultimately, you ultimately, I, I sort of sort of come back to asking the question, like, I mean, why? Klopp obviously loves him. He obviously really sees a lot in him. He's, as I said, he's been an ever present this season. But it's 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 a bit of a departure. It's 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 a bit odd, it, and it leaves us kind of short because, as you say, we don't really have this, the the solidity behind him to let him just go and play. So he's being asked to do a similar role to, to as you said, Gini Wijnaldum there. Or, or maybe more so like Henderson, that right-hand side, where he's yeah. facilitating, facilitating um, Trent and, and Salah. And it's not really his game. And it, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's it's a bit of a thankless task at times, but... Totally. It's that, it's that, it's that uh, right midfield role that... Um, you know, Murphy and Gerrard always talked about under Julier, the graveyard shift on yeah. the right-hand side of midfield. And if if we want to play that way, surely we're better off playing somebody, you know, signing somebody else who's better suited to play in that kind of a, kind of a role and just use Elliot in the front three. I mean, that's yeah. the thing for me. He is, he's a good player, but he's a forward. And if, you, if you're not happy playing him in the forward line, then... And you think you've better forwards, or you want different types of forwards, then just cut your losses and, and sort of sell them. Yeah, I think it's very, it's very much a case of they've they've done this before with players. Again, we'll go back to Manaldum, where they've reinvented him as a footballer, and I think they thought they've seen something there that they could do with Elliot. Um, the, I think what what you both say actually is I think rings really really true with me. Is that this is like this is the like this is the textbook case of a transition period where we're moving from one kind of process to another, and the centre forward is kind of no matter how much we we want to you know steer away from this comment is at the heart of that. Um, he's not a player that we signed before, and I just find it really strange. I just I find the transfer of Darwin Nunes. Chief, absolutely, like it make it makes no sense to me. Um, you look at the season that we had before, the way we were playing with Firmino when Firmino wasn't available. You know, Mane went came in and did literally his best impersonation of Bobby Firmino to, to various you know degrees of success, but with a lot of goals. And I think you. What you're saying is, I think we lose a body in the in the midfield with Elliot being there, and I also think we lose a body in the midfield with having a number nine who, and I've watched him closely the last few games. He does not drop in. He has no real intention of dropping in and receiving the ball unless he's on the halfway line, you know, um, and that that puts us from like four strong, physical, tall intelligent pressing players in the midfield down to two and I feel that's a key reason why we're going to walk through as much as we are but I just don't understand why we would make such a a start like like a left turn away from what brought us 
the success that we we got last season and the season before. People may say, oh, it wasn't a success. You won two two cups. We were we were as close as anybody's ever been from winning everything, um, apart from that Barcelona side. So well, I just I just think that Mane was going, and he made but, it. Was but, but why not? Why not try and go out and sign, for example, you know, a Yao Felix. Or whenever Havertz was I going, don't, I, I, I don't, I don't think they fancy Yao Felix. I don't think they've ever fancied Yao Felix particularly. Well, I suppose. Okay, suppose. Right. So let's stay, stay away from. They, why I not go out and buy someone who can do what Bobby does? Maybe not to the same levels, but his natural game is to drop in, create space for the wide players to be part of that midfield. To congest it, to win the ball back, to press because they were losing, they also were losing money, so they were losing that that prong. You know, Bobby, that worked. Bobby worked particularly well because you had Manny and Salah. Well, should we bought Gaston to replace Manny? So the arc, yeah, but fair enough. They did bring Luis Diaz in to to replace Manny, but. He's a different player, and you could see that. You could see that this season. Bobby started plenty of games up front, and we looked toothless. He scored plenty of goals as well this season, but even with his goal return, people were there were many who weren't convinced by his performances. So um, it is what it is. Ultimately, when when um, when you sign Luis Diaz, he's a, he's an absolutely cracking player. And that's a massive loss, by the way. Um, but he isn't. He didn't play the game in the same way that Manny did. You know, he didn't. He, he didn't take up the positions Manny did. He, he, he certainly wasn't as clinical as Manny was. Um, certainly not peak Manny. So, you know, we we, we were. We, it's not like we started the, the season on 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 fire uh, and and dropped off. We, we've been off since since minute one of game one. Yeah, I totally agree. The, the, the first 10 minutes of the Fulham game, you could see what way the season was going to end up. I, I suppose, Chief, what I'm really driving at is I don't understand the departure, as, as, as you both have said, away from a system that was working so well and we had so much success under. Because the signing of a centre forward with that skill set changes everything. Dave, yeah, I mean, I think you're Dave, right. But Dave, they, why they, do you think Pep got Har- got Haaland? It's it's yeah. the same question you you could ask, uh, and maybe even the same answer. I, I, I think they, they they felt if and as you saw at the World Cup, football seems to be re-evolving towards a big number I, towards a centre forward. Yeah, I understand I that. I understand that. I think the thing with Haaland is he was. He was he's he's gold dust. I think they have absolute confidence in Nunes, or they certainly did before they signed him, and I would say they still do that that he's gonna be a world beater when he when he when he's polished, when he settles. So I think they think that he can be a, a one man forward line essentially. Okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. What I'll say is, and this may be met with criticism, but I think. Guardiola is far more capable of finding a way to adapt how his team plays to a number nine like Haaland than Klopp is. And the other thing I would say is we know where Manchester City score the majority of their goals. It's like literally in and around the six yard box. And that is his that's that's his game. 
you know, that is where he operates. And that's well, where he is the best in the world at. So you can see, well, now I can see, because I didn't at the time, because I was doing everything to convince myself otherwise. But now you can see how Pep was able to identify, I, this is how I can use this guy. I don't see how that same, you know, logic translates to Nunez replacing Bobby Firmino, as opposed to well, Alan like, replacing right. Gabby Jesus. He, he or, gets, he's getting loads of stick at the moment for missing chances. And for right? me, it's not about for me, it's not about his goal scoring. It's about yeah, but, how he's but listen, the way that we But play. listen, if he was sticking those chances away like Haaland is, you wouldn't be having this conversation with me. I don't, know, go, I don't know. You, you would be going. I, you I would might be, be having the conversation me. given given the goals that we've conceded, like the goal against but Leicester. Because if he, he if he was sticking his four chances a game away at a rate of say even five percent, then we'd be fucking we'd be hacking up in games. We'd be smashing teams. I mean, don't forget, City have had games this season where they've gone two goals behind at least three times and had to come back. They've played tonight again, and they've scraped a one 0 against Chelsea. Haaland's barely, barely touched the ball. Um, he's he's a machine, you know. He puts the ball in the net. You give him a chance. Nunes hasn't managed to do that properly yet. I mean, he scored a few goals, but he certainly hasn't done it with the the, the lethality, if that's a word, lethalness, ruthlessness that Haaland has. But if he had been doing that. You wouldn't be talking to me about how we, you, you don't see how we could fit him in the game. We have fitted him into the game, and he's getting these chances, and and he's getting them game after game after game after game. And if yeah. he starts putting them away, then all the conversations will be forgotten, and that's the thing. But while he's missing them and we're losing games, then the questions are going to be asked. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I, I totally get what you're saying, and I'm I'm not even focusing on the chances that he's missed. I, I still do feel, even if he's putting those chances away, with maybe six, eight more points, you know, and we are still conceding goals where teams are just running through the middle of the pitch. But if you score four every week and you concede two, you don't care. Yeah. Well, that, that is, that's fine, but look at that. Start scoring for every week. Yeah, but teams, teams look, stop trying to attack it. Yeah, but look, look where that stop got us. That, that got us top four with Ronaldo scoring against Middlesbrough in the last game of the season. That's where those tactics got us when we were beating Arsenal four three in the opening day and things like that. No, that, I get those. Those yeah. tactics didn't win trophies. What won trophies was when we went as an unreasonable amount of games without conceding a goal, when we had the best defensive record in the league, when we were structurally solid and just were horrible to play against. That's so, what won us trophies. But we're hollow in, we're hollow in the centre now. I know, but this and this is and this is kind of my point. We're like an Easter egg. This is kind of my point. We don't have a body like Firmino or what Manny did when he was playing that position, dropping in there and making up that extra body. And I don't understand why we didn't try and continue with the same thing, a different well, variation of the same thing. Well, we went for something completely different, which was a centre forward that runs in behind, that works the channels, that doesn't want to drop in and receive the ball, that doesn't want to link the play. And that, to me, just is is crazy. Listen, I'm going to go over to Beryl here, just on the, on, on the, the Cody Gakpo signing. 
great player barrel you know numbers are numbers are you know you, you can't argue with them um i'm not going to do the whole kind of players translate to england because like literally the majority of them can just because like mataya kesman happened you know for one mataya kesman you've 10 fucking Ruth van Nistelrooy's. so um i just feel like i suppose i feel two ways about this i feel like it's an opportunistic signing which was the one thing I criticised us for in the past, that we were almost too forensic. We refused to deviate at all from the plan and go and do a Cody Gakpo because he was there for like a knockdown price. But I just wonder, was it the right place to spend the money on? Uh, if we don't get uh, at least one midfielder in, then then it was the wrong place to, to spend the money on, I'd say, because... And and I I I don't think we we would have got uh, Cody Gakpo uh, in January uh, if Luis Diaz hadn't uh, injured hadn't been injured again, uh, and you know um, he's probably out for the rest of the season. So um, uh, I I I I would agree with the you know the assessment that it's an uh, an opportunity uh, opportunistic transfer, um, and, and and I I'm I'm sure that he will have uh, have a positive impact and that he, he will uh, contribute to to you know uh, us being better than we are at the moment but uh, again if 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 that was the money that we <laughs> that we had and we didn't get a midfield and we got uh, Cody Gakpo then you know that would be absolutely the wrong choice but um you know um if we forget that and you know uh, i i i really hope that we do get at least one midfielder and you know one who can who could uh, would be a starter i'd say um then um uh, you know then we can look at Cody Gakpo as uh, you know or, or, or on his the, the the merits of this transfer and Cody Gakpo was uh, absolutely the best player in the 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 RDFC last season but um this season, I would say there are other candidates. Uh, although he was uh, statistically, uh, you know, the most important player, I would say um, Cody Gakpo uh, was uh, the best player of PSV, and he was their most important player. So you know, he had all all sorts of um, privileges, you could say, in, in uh, on the pitch that he won't have at uh, Liverpool. So he will have to adapt to a role in which he. Uh, there will be asked more from him um, defensively uh, um, because you know that that's where he didn't uh, contribute much uh, in the play of of, of PSV. He is uh, a, a right-footed left winger predominantly. Uh, Louis van Gaal, being Louis van Gaal, of course played him also uh, through the center, but you know in a, in a in a system with with two uh, forwards, and you know, I I think he could thrive uh, in that role. Um, I, I've uh, he, he's on record saying that he doesn't like to play as a number ten, but you know, you you could see him play there, but not as someone who creates chances for others, but you know, who, someone who drifts into the to to the box to score himself, and you know, and he has a really really good shot on him. Um, so he would uh, score uh, goals from outside the box as well, I would say. Uh, and his dead ball delivery is is phenomenal, I would say. Uh, so he, he he might be taking corners, he might be taking 
free kicks for us, but you know we have we have other candidates for that. Uh, you know, especially uh, Trent won't want to to give up his uh, his uh, especially his his, um, his free kicks. I would say, but you know what's good for the team, etc. So I, I think he will be useful, and, and, and maybe for, for Darwin Nunez especially because I think Darwin Nunez um, suffers from uh, you know. Uh, I, I think he's a player who is who, who, who loses his confidence very quickly. He, he doubts himself. Uh, you know, it's something I, uh, you know, I have observed, and you know, I'm just interpreting, of course. But still, um, uh, and and and, um, but if he has to head the ball, you know, then you know th there is no time to doubt yourself. You just have to do it, uh, and and. He 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 looks to be, um, you know, a, a less self-conscious when when heading the ball, and he's really good at heading the ball. Uh, and and Cody Gakpo is really good at giving crosses on 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 forwards. You know, Luke De Jong uh, uh, was the beneficiary this season. Last season they had this uh, this Israeli uh, forward uh, whose uh, name just escaped me. Um, but uh, you know he he's really good at that, so he uh, might be a beneficiary uh, uh, this season, um, and and you know uh, start start scoring some more goals and you know turn doubters into you know little less doubters. So I I think it's a good transfer. I think uh, he's a good player. Um, I don't think we needed him uh, if uh, we would need him if if Luis Diaz was available or and Jota were were available. But um, there might have been a plan to to get him in in July, uh, and maybe they fast forward that because uh, because of you know the injury concerns. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 not massively enthusiastic. But uh, um, yeah, let's see him. Let's let's see what what, it, what he can bring. That, that's what I. That's how I see it. Yeah, I'm like I am excited because everybody everybody loves it when you sign like an exciting. Uh, attacking player, um, and he's like, he's tall and he's fast. Like, what more do you want? And he seems to be good off both feet as well. Yeah, he does seem to be good off both feet, doesn't he? Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 definitely much needed. It's it's more pace, as you say, more power in the front line. Um, it gives us more options, more of a threat. And it was interesting, Beryl, as you were talking there about you know playing in the second striker. That's sort of where we, we, we what we're gravitating towards a little bit here, you know, stylistically, a bit of a four four two. Or do you think we're going like that that four two 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 that Klopp kind of flirted with when we had yeah. to win the side? Perhaps because we're buying a lot of lads who can play through the middle. You know, Gakpo he likes to play from the left primarily, but but he's a he's a bit Henri sort of, isn't he? Yeah, he'll drift in yeah. off that side. Yeah, and, and, and cut in. Um, Darwin's a bit like that as well. Jota's a bit like that as well. Mm -hmm. We seem to be sort of stockpiling them a bit. So, I mean, it, and we have flirted with 4-4-2 certainly at times, you know. And that, might, and that might be a way, that might be a way to utilise Elliot's skill set and potentially Carvalho's as well. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think again that we've seen more of Carvalho than we than Klopp would have wanted to this season, but just again because of, because of injuries. 
and lack of squad depth. And I think, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Elliot as well, as I mentioned earlier in the pod. And you don't you don't want to burn their heads out. You know, yeah. Elliot, I'm sure, got a lot of abuse on social media. I'm not on it, thank God, but I'm sure he got abuse after the, the, the game the other night, the dummy and stuff. And, you know, although he, he hasn't been playing that well and, and there are sort of question marks about where he'll actually fit in sort of long term, for the most part, he's been good this season and um, he, he could do with a few games off, like, to be honest. Yeah, Chief, where's your head at with the whole... I know you, you talked about this and you wanted to come on to this um, just before we wrap it up. Um, the... We, we, we've, we've heard the term mentality monsters, blah, 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 right? Do you think that the way last season ended um, and how it ended, I think more specifically, given, you know, the really hard luck in the Champions League final, Courtois' performance, the the way, you know, the stadium was when, when Villa had gone one and two nil up, etc. Um in the last game of the season. Do you think that it has had as much of an impact as people may say that it has had on this season's performances? Psychologically I think it, it has had an effect. I think it's Bound to have had an effect. I think they would have been kicking themselves. On well, I think there's a few things involved. First of all, you know, before the Champions League, there's all the all the trouble, you know, with the police and the crowd and and what happened there, and you know, players not knowing if relatives are safe and and that kind of thing. The game being delayed, uh, all that stuff. You know that was that was visited visited upon Liverpool, the club, and and the fans, and and solely on them, not on Real Madrid in in any way. So that didn't didn't help things. You know, it's it's far from from ideal preparation for one of the biggest games of the season. Um, and I think they'll be kicking them they'll be kicking themselves because I think they'll feel that. They could have done better in the final. That they, they could have at least taken into extra time, um, and I think they'll probably be kicking themselves for the way that the final day transpired as well. Because I think I'm right in saying that at no point were we top of the league, because we didn't. We I think we conceded first against Wolves, and then we didn't actually take the lead in the game until after City had come back, and then we ended up running out. I think four one winners or something, but. It was sort of too little, too late by that stage. The damage had already been done. But at no point when City were 1-0 were behind nor 2-0 behind were, were we winning our game. So I think that will probably have, you know, weighed a little heavy on your mind. It's bound to. You know, you're a top, top elite sports person and you've, you, you know, you've managed to, 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 to get to the, to the promised land, essentially, the pinnacle. You could win everything. And you you just fall short in 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 two of the the biggest games right at right at the death. It's it's bound to eat you up a little bit. But I think also, as I've mentioned earlier, the physical impact of playing all those games, combined with the emotional impact of not just the not making it in the end, but also the wins, the highs. You you know. 
you combine all that with a with a massively short preseason, and you throw you throw them straight into another Premier League season, and you know you wonder why the intensity isn't there or the the you know we're not covering quite as many as many miles as many kilometers. Well, I think it's pretty fair to say that both those things are going to have an both physically and emotionally, they're going to have an impact and they're going to take that edge off. And I think it's probably the best explanation because logically there isn't an explanation other than fatigue, mental and physical fatigue of why that that sort of intensity and that, that drive that was so characteristic isn't quite there this season. Um, it's often been said. It's it's often why it's, it's so hard for teams to retain the Premier League season after season because it's it's hard to maintain the hunger, the, the sharpness, the, and so on. And after such a such a huge season last season, I think we were probably just as always just expecting a bit much for it just to to tick along with without any any hiccups this season. Yeah, Beryl, this is kind of your field, like literally your profession. Um... Where are you on Chief's opinion on that? No, I, I, everything he says is, of course, uh, um, you know, uh, I, I can subscribe all to all of that. It's uh, it, it's 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 bound to have an effect. But you know, uh, and, uh, uh, you could you could also say that 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 um, players um, learn most from their failures and 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 try to get. Better and you know, and sometimes it's 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 something that you uh, you can you can use to motivate yourself even further. But you know, this this team has been doing this for 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 um, many seasons now. So and 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 this wasn't the first uh, a title that we lost um, uh, with one point. Uh, this wasn't the first Champions League final that we lost, uh, uh, not even the last, uh, the the first one we lost against uh, Real Madrid. So um, it, uh, there there might be some fatigue in there. there. There might be some 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 burnout even in there. But um, I, I think um, we, we, it's 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 never just one explanation. That there are multiple factors, and I I, I also think. That we have tried to tweak something tactically just because of all these things, and that this has gone really wrong. And and you know, add the injuries into there, um, people may have given up, uh, you know, and, and not even uh, understand that they have. But uh, it, it it sure looked a lot like that in the first half uh, against Brentford, but but not in the second half. So yeah, may, maybe. Um, we're reading too much into it, but um, you know, it 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 would be really um, uh, understandable to to uh, to um, suffer some mental fatigue after uh, what what uh, what happened uh, last season. Yeah, that's that's kind of where we are. Um, in my opinion, folks, it's going to be a a long and frustrating ride until June or. I don't know, 2026 or whatever this season finishes. Um, until then, up the, like, just signed you Bellingham Reds. 